You are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke and Cameron Parker of Predominantly Orange, your daily Broncos podcast. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Broncos podcast over here at the Locked On Podcast Network, your daily bite-sized podcast covering all things orange and blue related. I'm your host, Cody Rourke, NFL analyst covering the National Football League and the Denver Broncos, as well as a columnist for the fan-sided networks, predominantlyorange.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL, and I'm joined by my co-host, Cameron Parker. Cameron, how's it going? going great uh trying to push through all this the, the the snow certainly that has come surprisingly you know yesterday and so you know I, luckily i didn't have the opportunity to do any sort of shoveling the you know the the, the complex that i'm with they they certainly pitch in and and do their part with the shoveling so i didn't have to worry about that but the one thing that i am worrying about what could the state of the Denver Broncos be? It's always a good discussion to talk about here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. Because guess what? Locked On Broncos, where the true fan has no offseason. We're bringing you daily coverage of the Locked On Broncos podcast. Very excited about that. Another great start to the week. I mean, geez, yesterday I think we had over 1,200 downloads in just a day. That's progress. We're, we're getting on that. 25,000 downloads has been reached. So that's huge. And our goal for next month in February, let's hit 30,000 downloads in the month. And so anytime a Lockdown Broncos episode is posted, please share it with your friends, your family, on social media that are Broncos fans. Once again, couldn't do it without you guys. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is jam-packed for all of you today. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our good friends over there at MyBookie. Now, today's episode, segment number one, we're going to talk about our Lockdown Broncos question of the day that we posed over there on social media. And it was a good question because I think it's a carryover of what we talked about in terms of the Pro Bowl and how the Pro Bowl has to do more. I mean, I feel the NFL has to change the Pro Bowl in order to make it watchable because it is the worst all-star contest in all pro sports. We talked about a little bit yesterday, but we asked the question over there at Locked On Broncos about the fans. We'll get into that in just a second. Segment number two, we're going to talk about this whole thing. You know, there's multiple outlets, you know, I think they're just news stations trying to create speculation, but it has to do with Von Miller trade talk. We're going to put that to bed once and for all here, segment number two. And then in segment number three, we're going to talk a little bit more, some Broncos news and notes as we close out the show here today. So let's dive right into it, Cameron. Our, our first kind of segment here, we asked a question over at Cody Work NFL for the Lockdown Broncos podcast. You know, the question of the day, instead of a poll, what ideas do you, the fans, and, and obviously viewers of the NFL and the Pro Bowl, what do you guys have as ideas to make the NFL Pro Bowl watchable again? And... We had a ton of great insight from people. We're going to read it from Stephen Curtis at Beast7326 on Twitter. He says, none. Get rid of the game or go full flag football. No one in game wants injury. It's not real football. I think there's a lot of people that can agree with that. I mean... I think we like the flag football concept a little bit more in terms of that. I, I, I have mixed feelings on it because I feel as if, you know, that's entertaining to watch in terms of the Pro Bowl week. 
the NFL may go to that kind of thing full time with all the controversy coming around around the contact and and you know people want to try to take away the game and and say that it's a dangerous sport. Absolutely, everything's dangerous. It's dangerous walking down the sidewalk. That's another conversation for another day. Patrick Kiyote, my man, the guy who's always contributing, always giving us a lot of great discussion on social media. He says, make it a flag tournament with a lineman able to catch passes. 20-minute games, winners get the biggest bonus. Punt pass kick competition with only the punters, kickers, and long snappers bring back full-on skills comp. Cam, what are your thoughts? And I, I'm perfectly okay with that. I'm down for that. I think that would be cool because guess what? Get the linemen involved. Let them catch passes too in sort of a flag tournament. That would be crazy. You can see some skill guys mixed with a combination of linemen against other teams. I mean, I think that would be a really cool dynamic. Maybe, I don't know. You got to go 11 on 11, flag football. That would be an interesting dynamic, though. Just how, how can you get the linemen more involved in that? That would be the question mark if you went 11 on 11 flag. But I think I think flag football is probably one of the things that we could see happen. I mean, I, I'm certainly not opposed to it. I just don't want the NFL to use that as, well, let's let's do this full time and let's get rid of the contact. That would really do blows to the NFL. But what do you think about Patrick's uh, comments on that? I mean, overall, I think the NFL is sort of teetering, as you alluded to. It's sort of teeter, teetering to flag football and that's just the unfortunate nature you know of how the nfl is headed but i mean the thing is i sort of equate it to marvel versus dc i mean dc's a little bit behind the eight ball in the movies but marvel is so advanced at times that you know you look at nba you look at nhl you look at um baseball doesn't really have a skills competition but i mean the fact that there is a legitimate chance that you know, the NFL could make itself and, and recreate itself with a potential skills competition. I, I think it, it expands more to me um, as far as a, a viewership potential with, with NFL, because the the NFL is the sport for, for the key um, viewers and, and everything. I mean, the Super Bowl is the championship viewing party. I mean, with commercials, what have you. And, you know, it's, so it, it is the driving sport nationwide. And if they can figure out a way where they can make it work to the point where they can, uh, you know, do this skills competition, make it so that it is entertaining. You know, maybe they do a trick shot for, for, for field goals or, you know, just something along the lines. It's just a separate competition because, you know, you know, if you think about it and with certainly what the NBA do and, and everything, you know, they do the skills competition where there's a variety of different players that can contribute in the skills competition. And I think it certainly would be fascinating if they threw in, say, like a kicker's competition, like a, you know, like a trick shot kicker's competition, or just maybe still keep the quarterback, you know, passing skills competition, dodgeball, still throw in there, but make it so that there's something that can engage the audience that is way more advanced um, to the point where maybe we don't see the Pro Bowl again. And it's unfortunate we certainly have that conversation because, as you and I talked about before, with, with the Pro Bowl, what it certainly means to be elected to the Pro Bowl. But, you know, I mean, we, we're at this current state in mind where, excuse me, of where we are at with the Pro Bowl. So, um, man, where we are at, unfortunately, it might be time to move on. It'll be interesting to see what really comes of it. I think it's something that the NFL review. That I mean, maybe they even bring it back to Hawaii. I think that could be the selling point again. You know, I think a lot of people want it to go back to Hawaii. Uh, new type underscore JK forty seven says play real football for starters. I would like that, but here's the deal. So many players can get injured easily in the Pro Bowl despite not going full speed, not being a full-on, full-contact element game that we see on Sundays normally during the regular season. 
that'll never be an option. The Pro Bowl, it, it just isn't played like that anymore. And and I really loved it when Sean Taylor laid a hit on a on a punter that tried to keep it. And you know that was the kind of thing there. He he was an animal. He brought the wood, a, a big play, and people were almost surprised. I mean, nowadays it's just two hand touch. I mean, it was literally unwatchable. I went through and I watched some of the highlights this morning, and I was like, wow, I'm so glad I didn't waste my time watching it. It just wasn't entertaining. Uh, Gregory Weisberg at E Pro Smith says all out dodgeball, but it's all the coaches. I'm fixing to see Andy Reid launch a ball with his gut. <laughs> well, I was going to say also, you know, Bob Wiley, you know, the former Browns offensive line coach, he could have been a guy that could launch a ball with his gut. But uh, Zan B21 says players versus coaches would be fun in terms of dodgeball. I think that would be a kind of a cool thing. And then TJ runs far says actually put flags around their waist. I think the NFL Pro Bowl, the NFL and the NFL Players Association, they have to come up with a clear understanding. Look, we need to change something with this product. It's not working. It's not entertaining. Fans don't watch it. I'm eager to see here in the next couple of days what the actual ratings and viewership were for there, and I'll be happy to share that with you guys here on the Locked On Broncos podcast. But we're going to get into segment number two here in a little bit. I think it's, I'm very passionate. I'm very fired up about this. And, And no offense to Broncos country, Facebook groups, when it comes to Denver Broncos talk, I, it's, it's awful. It's very, very hard to be a part of. I lose more IQ points trying to read some of the things there and some of the suggestions that people actually make. It, it's really frustrating at that point. But before we get into segment number two, talking about that, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's show, and that's our good friends over there at my bookie the super bowl is coming up and guess what it's a big game you have the opportunity to make more money today with my bookie because who you bet with is absolutely important and my bookie is one of the best in the business they're the most trustworthy type of group out there in terms of your off-season sports betting in-season sports betting they're the best bet this season pun intended, with my bookie. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use for you today. If you want to make money today, guess what? You can lay down some cash, and you could win big today. I would only recommend this service to my listeners because my bookie has been very good to me. I've had a lot of success with my bookie, and it's extra money that I could put away for traveling during the summer, for when I go to Pro Bowl, you know, when I go to the training camp, when I go to OTAs and regular season games, I could put it in my travel account that I have with all my winnings at my bookie. They have live in game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and all fantasy players out there. You could even bet on the total number of fantasy points a player may score in each game. The Super Bowl's coming up. You can bet the over and under on a lot of things there. So join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate this special offer today, and they will match you dollar for dollar. That's a great business. Hey, you put $50 down on your deposit, enter promo code LOCKEDON25, they're going to throw you an extra 50 bucks with that to match it. So visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Don't forget to use promo code Locked on 25 when creating your account to claim this bonus. You play, you win, and you get paid. All right, I think we should spend a little bit of time on this because for some reason, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter what you're doing. There is always these people that are constantly talking about the Broncos should be trading Von Miller. Okay, and I, and I I don't want to spend too much time on. It. I think it's important though because I think it's time that we actually shut this thing up for good. If you go on Broncos Facebook groups, you know, on on Facebook they have a bunch of groups there. I'm part of several groups there. It could be good for some reasons, but really all I see on Broncos Facebook groups is nothing but negativity. But I saw an article yesterday that really kind of caught my eye a little bit, and, and it was really it was a WKCY article saying that the Browns 
could be trade partners or should be trade partners with the Broncos for Von Miller. In what world does that make sense for the Denver Broncos, who just got Vic Fangio to town, who did massively amazing things with Khalil Mack in Chicago? He transformed that defense. It's a big part of the pass rushers there in his system. And all of a sudden, the Broncos are open to trading him. That's that's not true. People I've talked to in the Broncos organization, I've said this for months and I have to continue to echo it. I don't know why I have to do it. I don't know why everybody else has to continue to echo it that actually talks to people in the Broncos organization and also other sources. Von Miller, the Broncos have not even thought about it. It's not even a thought in the front office's mind. It's not even something they might even dream about. It's not even something they would even do on Madden if they wanted to. The Broncos have not. The Broncos will not, and the Broncos are absolutely never going to trade Von Miller at this point in time. There is a 0.0% chance, and my buddy Benjamin Albright could even say the same thing. He's been told the same thing I've been told, and and it's not going to happen. So there's no reason to speculate over it anymore. Don't get, you know, don't get your, don't get in twist. I just think it's ridiculous that every single week we continue to deal with that narrative that the Broncos may look to trade Von Miller. It's absolutely not going to happen. Instead, I think the Broncos are going to do a lot of great things. And, and Cam, this is what I want to take a couple of moments to talk about here on today's episode of the show. When it comes to the Broncos pass rushers, I'm very excited for what they're going to be doing in the future. Now, more than likely, Shane Ray. I, I, th- I think Shane Ray could be a surprise guy that could stay. Now, you asked me this a month ago. I almost guarantee Shane Ray's gone. However, with the changes to the coaching staff, many Broncos players, including Chris Harris Jr., have come out saying there's just a, a tremendous amount of relief. They can breathe again. This is a huge thing in terms of the confidence of players maybe wanting to test out free agency and leave the Denver Broncos or players deciding to stay and keep building with the team that they've been working with for you know as long as they have. And, and I look at it this way. I think Shaquille Barrett, unfortunately, unless Vic Fangio has a special plan to play him at defensive tackle or move him to inside linebacker, I don't see the scenario where Sha- uh, Shaquille Barrett stays in Denver. He's already said he doesn't want to be the role player anymore, and rightfully so. Shaquille Barrett doesn't deserve to be the role player. Shaquille Barrett has proven, I think, to many people he deserves to go play somewhere. And, and I I'm going to go and, and list off a couple teams I've been told could be interested in. Obviously, I, I think the Cleveland Browns, I think the San Francisco 49ers, and the New England Patriots are three teams to keep an eye on when it comes to Shaquille Barrett. Those are teams that I've been told that if he hits the market, if he decides to, to test out free agency and leave the Broncos, those are going to be three teams that are interested in going after him. You can expect them to be aggressive once the free agency period starts in March 13th of 2019 here in just about a month and a half away. It's going to be very, very exciting. But, you know, Cam, I I look at this defense that the Broncos may have on paper right now under Vic Fangio. I I look at Vic Fangio's system. I look at some of the touches he's put on the defense with Ed Donatel as a defensive coordinator. I think we are going to see some growth here this upcoming season with Jeff Holland. I think he's going to be a guy that's going to get a lot of extensive focus in the offseason. He's going to get a lot of first team and second team reps periodically throughout training camp, practice, OTAs, minicamp, so on and so forth. He's going to get an opportunity to shine. And, and there are several times where I've seen, you know, when he when he's gotten in case in point, uh, I can't remember if it was the Raiders or if it was, the, I think it was the Chargers actually for the week 17 finale. They tried running an end around or a jet sweep and Jeff Holland did a phenomenal phenomenal job 
blown up the play, which resulted into, a, I think, a maybe a five or six, seven yard loss in the backfield. That was a huge thing for there. He's a very great edge discipline type player. He's grown a lot. He had a great preseason, in my opinion. I wouldn't say a great. I'd say he had a pretty good preseason. But more so, I think he's ready to take the next step. And I think he could be a guy that will surprise us in the year 2019. What are your quick thoughts on the Broncos pass rushers outside of Bradley Chubb and Von Miller? Well, I think real quickly, just touching, because you touched on a lot there, especially with the Von Miller thing. I, I just pulled up his contract. The cap hit is at least, you know, this year was, you know, 10 million. The dead cap is 38 million. You know, the cap hit is 25 million come next year, third 28 in that. The, sorry, the into the next year. There's no possible. There's it is irrational. It is irresponsible. And it is just out of this world for someone to consider trading for or even trading Von Miller. So that's just off the table. As far as the pass rush is concerned, just, you know, I think that the one thing certainly that the Broncos and with Vic Fangio and everything else, the the whole pass rushing unit is exactly what, you know, you look at the Vic Fangio and, and everything that he's does to a defense and everything he did in Chicago, pass rush is the first thing you certainly look at because of the impact that, you know, of what he did with Khalil Mack. And, you know, he, he certainly had Leonard Floyd, too, as another pass rusher, but he's no Bradley Chubb. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick from Georgia, but he's no Bradley Chubb. And so now you're starting to look at, okay, now I have this opportunity to where maybe we start seeing a more versatile NASCAR package or just something, you know, to the ilk of we're going to see a lot of – you know, pressure blitzes to get to get to a quarterback. And I think that that is a cause for a lot of optimism for a lot of Bronco fans and, and in particular for a lot of Broncos players. Now, the, the Shane Ray thing, as you were touching on, is a little bit interesting. The one thing that I would probably want to do if I am the Broncos and Shane Ray, I would want to mend the fences first because, you know, obviously there was just the, them deciding not to pick up his fifth year option as long, along with Bradley Roby as well. So j- just the fact that they were you know unable to come to some sort of agreement and contract extension, unfortunately, I, I just felt like, you know, it, it's certainly unfortunate and I would put it unlikely right now, just from my opinion. I mean, you, you have your sources. I, I just think it seems unlikely that Shane Ray will be back, but you know, if you, it, I think the one thing that certainly is intriguing though is you do have Jeff Holland waiting in the wings, and you know, you and I have spoken openly a little bit about Jeff Holland as we just did a little bit with you. Jeff Holland is a guy that does scream a little bit in similarity to Shaquille Barrett, and with with how relentless he is, he's not necessarily the same build yet as Shaquille Barrett, but his style. And his relentless ability to get to a quarterback is absolutely the staggering point for a Denver Broncos pass rush with with Vic Fangio. And it's definitely the, the biggest strength of Fangio coming into 2019. Absolutely. We want to remind you here before we get into segment number three, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame status and our optimism and making a final case for why Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey, John Lynch, some other Denver Broncos deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Pat Bowen as well. 
from what I've been told. And obviously, I think Mike Kliss has also piggybacked on this. We're going to more than likely see Pat Bullen inducted this year. It's going to be a good time for the Broncos. We're going to talk about that in segment number three. But I got to remind you guys, if you received a smart device for the holiday season, you can now tell your favorite smart device, whether it be a Google Home device or an Amazon Alexa. All you got to do is say, hey, Google, play podcast Locked On Broncos. Or you got to say, Alexa, play podcast Locked On Nuggets, which is one of my favorite things to listen to in the morning as I get ready for work. I love the work that Adam Mates, host of Locked On Nuggets, does every single episode, giving fans some great insight on what's going on with the Denver Nuggets as they continue that push to try to reclaim the number one seed in the Western Conference. They had a game against the, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies last night. You want to hear the full recap of that game? Just say, hey, Google, play podcast Locked On Nuggets and hear Adam Mater's coverage today. All right, closing notes here, segment number three. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame status. It's going to be an interesting week here in Broncos country. A lot of optimism surrounding the Broncos' chances of getting some candidates into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, And we don't have to wait long to find out because, you know, former Broncos Steve Atwater... Champ Bailey, and you could even consider Ty Law for the year that he spent in Denver. You could also talk about John Lynch for his time in Denver as well, and Pat Bowen. The Broncos could have several players that have represented their organization be inducted into the Hall of Fame, and guess what? You want to find out when that's going to happen? We get to find out this Saturday as it's announced that the NFL honors the Hall of Fame class of 2019. There's a lot of growing optimism that it will be the first year for Steve Atwater. He's going to make it. There's a lot of optimism brewing for Steve Atwater right now. Champ Bailey, almost a surefire first battle Hall of Famer. Barring some mere, some pretty much tragedy, you could expect these two to be into the Pro Football Hall of Fame this year. And you can also expect Pat Bolin. There is a growing sense of belief around the NFL community from people I've spoken to, some people that have had conversations with the committee. Obviously, they can't reveal what the votes are. I mean, there's an 80% factor that gets voted in. But there is a strong, strong belief that this is the year that Pat Bolin gets inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I couldn't be more excited about it. That's the only reason I'm really going to watch the NFL honors show this weekend. It's on Saturday. You can check that out on, I believe it's ESPN, ABC, one of those two channels. I'll, I'll double check and clarify and give you guys an update over there on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. But I, I think when we look at Champ Bailey, we look at Steve Atwater, uh, you look at John Lynch. I mean, essentially the Broncos candidates that are going into this thing as a possibility for the Hall of Fame are all defensive backs, a position that is very, very hard. The position that's often overlooked by many people you usually get wide receivers, running backs, quarterbacks, etc. But Steve Atwater was a game changer at safety. Champ Bailey was an absolute cover nightmare for any wide receiver. Wide receivers hated going against Champ Bailey. And when Steve Smith, for example, one of the toughest wide receivers in the National Football League ever, I mean, he was gritty, he was tough. He never gave credit to really anybody. He always told DBs to ice up, son. Never said that to Champ Bailey. He gave no, he gave Champ Bailey nothing but respect. And you can go back and even check out some of those games. I think it was back in the 2012 game where the Broncos played the Panthers on the road. I guarantee you going through that game, Champ Bailey did a pretty good job against Steve Smith. That was kind of fun to watch. Go back and watch that. And then when we talk about John Lynch, his time with the Broncos, he was a, he was more of a leader for a lot of these young guys. He was a, a mentor for Darren Williams, who we talked about. He was a good guy alongside Champ Bailey, Dre Bly, Dominique Foxworth, for example. The list goes on and on. Nick Ferguson. 
his impact at the safety position. He did a phenomenal job, one of the best tacklers, hardest hitters. And I think when you think of that that kind of modern era of safeties, you think about John Lynch, you think about Bob Sanders, you think about Rodney Harrison, you think about Ed Reed, you think about Troy Polamalu. Those guys all come to mind when we talk about that safety class from that kind of era. That And that's a kind of a fun thing to watch. I'm looking forward to seeing that. I'm hoping Steve Atwater gets in. I'm hoping Champ Bailey gets in. They both deserve it. More importantly, Pat Bowen deserves to get in. If anything... Look, I think it would be a tragedy if Steve Atwater and Chad Bailey don't get in, but if Pat Bullen somehow doesn't get in, I will be completely lost. I will be completely infuriated because it's definitely, I would say, skewed in terms of that. The fact that Pat Bullen's not already in the Hall of Fame and Jerry Jones got in over him, to me, I'm, I'm still salty about that. I still hold a grudge about that. That's just my strong belief. But Cam, what are your quick thoughts here before we end the show? Just overall with the Hall of Fame and, you know, if this is the potential year where we don't just have one inductee for the Never Broncos, but maybe two, who knows what what that does for, for future Hall of Fame um, finalists, semifinalists, what have you, that are former members of the Denver Broncos. Does that create a new door opening for, for those potential guys? Like, and I'm just going to throw a name out there. But will we see a guy like a Jason Elam be sort of an, an, an intriguing guy that's going to get a lot of Hall of Fame buzz? He was a Hall of Fame type kicker, but as we all know, Hall of Fame kickers really don't get all the all the lot of love that they really should. And Bronco Country, I'm sure, will be on board if if Jason Elam gets that type of buzz. But you know, more importantly, though, guys like Randy Gratishar and. You know, Carl Mecklenburg, guys like that that could be part of maybe the senior committee that's going to get a lot of buzz to be in the Hall of Fame. So it's just it's a lot to consider. But I mean, you know, you touched on Champ Bailey. Just ask Wayne. Uh, just ask Dwayne Bow. Just how good Champ Bailey was. I mean, there were multiple occasions in division where Champ Bailey shut Dwayne Bow down with like one, two catches a game, where he was targeted. Oh, I would say probably five, six, seven times a game, and he would only catch the ball once or twice. I mean, Champ Bailey was just that good. And then, you know, for that stretch, I mean, even going before that, Cody, I mean, when he was back with the Washington Redskins, you know, he had a Hall of Fame defensive back teaching Champ Bailey, and that was Daryl Green. Not a lot of people can say that when you have that type of, uh, of teaching and leadership to begin your career. It's only, and I think that you know it's only fitting that when you look at a guy like a Chris Harris Jr., who was the guy that was you know hip to hip with Champ Bailey the majority of Champ Bailey's last bit of tenures in Denver. I mean, it was Chris Harris, and so we're starting to see him reap the benefits of that now in his Denver Broncos career because he could end up arguing with Champ Bailey as a member of the Denver Broncos as one of the best corners in team history. And so I, I think that the fact that, you know, the Denver Broncos have been really, you know, smitten, really, and, and, and really done well with the amount of cornerback play that they've had, I think has been a huge testament to the longevity of that position. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there. It's going to be interesting to see. You could find out this Saturday at the NFL Honors if Steve Atwater, Champ Bailey, Pat Bolin, John Lynch, I guess you could throw Ty Law in there, if they've made 
the Pro Bowl, not the Pro Bowl. Why do we say Pro Bowl? Dan, get the Pro Bowl out of my head. If they are now inducted into the Hall of Fame, we'll find out this Saturday. Long overdue for many of these players. Steve Atwater, tremendously long overdue. Pat Bowen, way overdue. It's about time. And hopefully we can say that this one's for Pat going forward into that. Um, also, some cool things. If you're in Atlanta for the Super Bowl week, there's a lot of cool things going on. Broncos outside linebacker, star pass rusher, the man, the myth, the legend, the goat of all pass rushing abilities. Von Miller, he'll be hosting a free camp for children at the Warren Boys and Girls Club over there in Atlanta. That's on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. You can check that out. Warren Boys and Girls Club in Atlanta. Von Miller hosting a free camp for kids down there. If you're in the area, you have your kids there, take them down there, meet Von Miller participate in that camp as well in Atlanta. Super Bowl week is here. We're going to have coverage of the Super Bowl through a Broncos lens all week long. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the show. I want to thank my bookie for sponsoring today's episode. And if you guys get a chance to, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review with your Twitter handle. Tell us why you love the show. Leave your Twitter handle. We're doing our February Locked On Broncos contest giveaway around Thanksgiving to express our love for you, the fans, and the listeners of the show. We wouldn't be where we are without you. We do this for you, the listeners. Listener, because guess what? At Lockdown Broncos, there is no offseason for the true fan. We want to thank you guys once again. Cameron and I will see you tomorrow for another episode of the show.